0: Welcome to the fulfillment project podcast. I'm your host simply Sarah, and I'm so glad that we've connected here today. I've created a series called life chats. This is a four part series of each of my amazing guests. As I take you on a journey through their awakening process, my aim and goal for this show is to give you the seeker, a container to explore your own growth as you awaken and step into more alignment, more joy and more fulfillment every single day. welcome back to or welcome to the Fulfillment Project podcast. This is our life chat series. We have Alejandra back here for episode three. Welcome. Thank you.
1: Glad to be here again for episode three.
0: Yes. If you haven't listened or watched into Alejandro's episode one, part one or part two, I highly suggest you go back. We really talk about her being a sensitive child growing up, recognizing that maybe she was different or had different interests than the other girls and being super open to energies and sensitive. And there's a lot of great help and tip. If anybody's, anyone's a parent here, if they feel like they have a quote unquote special child or, or gifted child or a child who is just more sensitive than others, a lot of great tips there. And then in episode two, we were chatting about different energies, spirits, guys, what that meant to you, Alex, and uh, how people can help themselves navigate some energies. And we are back here. I love this part three because we're going to chat about shedding identities, shedding layers of ourselves. And Alex, as you look back, when did you start recognizing layers or identities starting to shift off of you in a more um, momentous type of way? (laughs) Momentous
1: is a great word. The first definite stage Probably, I mean, as a teenager, you keep trying different personalities, hanging out with different groups, finding yourself. But the the definite stage for me was moving to Canada. That was a complete a cultural shock, identity shock. Growing up in Mexico City, and when I uh, at nineteen, I came to Canada to Sheridan College to study a Bachelor of Applied Arts Illustration degree. Um, yeah. That was the beginning of a completely different ride in another country.
0: Yes. Um, You know, we've become really close over the past couple of years, but even previous to that, you and I have a lot of similarities with the fitness industry and the bodybuilding industry Mm -hmm. and shedding identities from the fitness side of things. And so even from coming to Canada, take us on a little bit of a journey of who Alex became when when she came here and and how she got into fitness and bodybuilding and uh, that journey.
1: Yes, well, looking down at the previous episode, uh, there's a part of my story growing up and I had the certainty that I was going to leave Mexico. And that was, that, that was there, I couldn't explain it. And I eventually found a way, which was art, going to art school. I had the support of my parents to come over here. And I, I mean, going to art school, it felt like I was Harry Potter going to the school of magic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so again magic seems to be a, a common theme here and and in in that moment in my life, I was embodying the um, the archetype or the expression of an artist, the energy of an artist. it was about painting, it was about communicating with images. and I grow, throughout my my young younger years leading up into school, I always played sports. So I also had the um, a connection with the feeling, uh, like warrior-like archetype, physical activity was always part of my journey. And I went to, I, I played volleyball uh, all the time that I was in Sheridan College. I, would, I played varsity, we traveled to the States to play. So I never let that go. And after graduation, I completely let it go. So there was a big contrast in you know, two, two identities that were part of me. I let go the one that had to do with physical activity and sports and focused on my artistic archetype, on creative through my hands. It's mostly through the hands and the mind. And that started another shedding, trans- big transformation that led me into a, a, a depression, letting go of the well being of my physical body, downward spiral until I hit rock, rock bottom. But sometimes, sometime along that journey, I came across a figure competitor, a female figure competitor, and I was shocked. I was just shocked to see a a woman that could look like that. It shocked me because that woman embodied um, a warrior-like strong archetype. That's what I saw when I was present to that. And it shocked me. It was very shocking to me, especially being in a very dark moment in my life.
0: Hmm. Rock bottom. What does that, what did that, does that mean to you? What did that look like? Um, Explain that to us.
1: It was over a period of three years and I could uh, feel and see physical decay. It started with, I wasn't doing physical activity and I continued to feel sluggish, uh, denser, uh, more pressure. It was hard to move my body. So I, I didn't need to. I only needed to move my hands or you know my mouth and, and do the work at the computer. Then it continued into mental heaviness. So I completely gave myself over. Um, there is also a pattern that I have since I was a child of really wanting to fit in, despite knowing and feeling and sensing that I was very different than everybody else, I have worked really, really, really hard to follow the rules, fit in the mold and enjoy being human. Enjoy the ride that uh, I bought is the ride of being human, right? have a career, make money, get married, have a house. Uh, I didn't, I didn't want kids. I knew that was also part of, you know, how this life had appeared for me, uh, but, but everything else I wanted, I'm like corporate ladder and money and fu- uh, and fulfillment. My, my definition of fulfillment was based along those lines, but then here back again into the downward spiral uh, the, the, I gave over myself over fully to my work. And instead of it being, um, you know, the, the usual shift, what is it? Seven hours of work? Nine hours? I don't even know because that was such a past life for me.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I started giving ten hours. I started giving twelve hours. So from there, from physical and mental decay, then the emotional decay, and I I saw myself go down. Um, the usual negative emotions, anger, sadness, but then it started getting heavier and denser. Depression, oppression, um, anxiety, panic attacks. I've had a, a couple of, of big ones during that time. And, and then I got submerged into, this is hitting rock button, submerged into a density where I couldn't even hear my loved ones. They, I sensed them. But I was surrounded by this fog. Everything was muted. Life was muted. Colors were muted. The voice of my loved ones was muted. And that was rock bottom for me. Yeah, numb, dead almost.
0: Mm -hmm. What do you think contributed to that? Was it living out of alignment? Was it not listening to yourself? Was it not following passions? Was it a chemical imbalance? And and, you it's just something that was happening in your brain activity. What what do you uh, account for that?
1: I think there is something to be said for everything you mentioned as being part of it. What I think the main contributor to that was me following a, um, I call it a virus program, mm-hmm. meaning there, is, there was a programming that I accepted that uh, I guess it's how you know I learned in society, success meant. And I didn't have any other models of people, of leaders to follow that showed me how success was possible in a different way, not just in the nine to five, not just in the corporate ladder. I mean, in my family, there is no one who had done it differently. And I hadn't been exposed to any mentors who were working, let's say, Two weeks out of a cycle of six and then going back to those two weeks. You know, there's other business models that I am now aware. But by that time, that was the only way. And so any game that I've chosen to play, anything that I say yes to, I give myself fully over everything that I am. And that was the only game I I knew how to play. And in giving myself over, I depleted myself because it wasn't the right game. It wasn't in alignment with my soul, with my being, with my chaotic creativity. But I didn't know anything else. Where, where was I going to put this passion, this energy that I was? It was just the wrong avenue and went
0: <clears throat> all the way down
1: with oh, passion.
0: <laughs> I I feel that to my core. Um, oh. it, it's it's interesting, the similarity. And it would like, oh, I'm going to tear up right now. Cause you, you get to that point where you, you have no other model, but you're like, well, if, if this isn't it, then like, I, this can't be all that there is. This can't be. I remember even standing in, in, I was like six months into my dental hygiene career, 2009 or 10. And I was like, what? Like th- this, this is all that I have looked, have to look forward to. And I was working with women who were complaining about their husbands, complaining about their kids, a boss that I barely saw, barely talked to, like no relationship and just all this like cold environment.
1: Yes. Yeah. And you
0: have those moments and, and you just like, what, what? Yeah. So where did, uh, where did fitness and bodybuilding come in? Um, did that bring you out of that phase or where does that piece of the story tie in?
1: That's such a great piece of the story. I do want to say that question you said just now, is there, is that all there is? It reminded me—I I spoke about in the previous episode—of me sitting down in recess, eating my lunch, and looking out at my fellow uh, twelve-year-olds, and asking myself, "Is there all? Is that all there is? Like that—that that kind of drama at this age? There must be more." But at that time, I still uh, had this this open heart. I knew there was fantasy around me. When when I hit rock bottom this last time, and I asked myself, "That is that all there is?" I couldn't see anything else. And so I stayed there for a long time, Mm -hmm. you know, to connect to your question. What happened is that I have an ego. (laughs) I think like most humans in this planet, right? And I say most, there might be some some cool enlightened beings over there. I don't know. So I have an ego and that ego wasn't dead. It was just doing its thing while I was in, in my depression and my numbness. And when I met this woman uh, who was a fitness competitor, uh, first of all, it struck a chord. It, it spoke to something inside of me. Perhaps it was my ego. Perhaps it was a higher version of me. I don't know. <laughs> but it, it it made me go like, whoa. So I stopped. It was a pattern interrupt with my emotions, my thoughts. It was um, something so... Foreign, bizarre, different than my reality that I knew that I had seen, that I had experienced, that it shocked me. Then I started going to uh, my husband, owned a gym, a gym at that time, a CrossFit gym. And he, uh, he, uh, he really worked hard on supporting me. And he said, Alex, this is how he sold it to me. I'm a, I'm a logical mathematical person. So he, this is how he, he sold it to me. You only need to come and do the workout of the day, it's 12 minutes. I'm like, okay, it's not an hour. It's not two hours of work and I can start losing weight. I can start, okay. I mean, I was very like, meh, okay, 12 minutes, whatever. So I went and did it, right? And somewhere along those two months that I was giving uh, myself a chance to experience that type of workout, which <laughs> was very painful, very painful to someone with n- not having moved. I have hypermobility, so very weak. That was not the right type of workout to start with. But some, somewhere along the, that time, this woman uh, said to me, I don't know why she had an interest in me. Um, you know, maybe I caught, caught her attention in some way. She said to me, what are you doing to yourself? Like, what, excuse me? I don't know where. And she said, you're so beautiful. What are you doing to yourself? <laughs> and again, like my ego, I guess, was like, excuse me? And inside my head, I was like, who are you to say this thing to me? She's like... I could train you for a fitness show, you know, and you'd look beautiful on stage. And again, I was so, sh- again, shocked. My reality had been shifted. Somebody felt like somebody gave me a slap in the face, but they were also giving me a, a different reality. And I believed her because of how she looked. So I said to her again, going to my mathematics. Okay, so how long is it going to take me to look like you? And she says, four months. And again, me, I decided to believe that. It's like, OK, uh, I took it home with me. I'm like, OK, four months, four months compared to the past three years that I've been in a darkness, that I hated myself, I hated my body. It was just down, down from there, right? And then three, uh, four months compared to the rest of my life and my ego speaking, saying, if I had her body, I could do anything. I could conquer the world. I would walk into a room and be seen, be liked, be looked that sounds like a bit of ego, right? Yes, definitely. And I say yes. Take my soul. If you take me, if you tell take me my to... soul, <laughs> if you tell me to crawl on mud, I will do it. If you tell me to eat grass, I will do it. So again, the, the passionate being that I am, the one that cannot give just a little bit, I give it all when I say yes. I gave it my all for months, and of course, I didn't look like her but I did transform myself. (laughs) Something changed. Something profound changed.
0: (laughs) I I think there's value in as much as it might've been ego-driven, maybe higher self-driven, like you said, we don't know. uh, There's power in... I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna change something in my life. I'm going to make a different decision. I'm gonna choose to not be in my sorrow and my low point anymore. Um, On the next episode, we're gonna chat about 3D, 4D, 5D dimensional consciousness and the way you see the world and your outlook and your emotional state. And getting out of that lower dense 3D, which is where depression is, which is where anxiety, frustration, disappointment, there needs to be a little bit of a hyperactivity mode like try something different, anything, like just have a willingness to want to try to pull yourself back up. And, 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 and so sometimes grabbing onto a big goal like that can be valuable to, to get you into that momentum. And you did great in the fitness industry. You know, I know you competed on the Arnold stage. If anybody's in the know, they know how prestigious that is. And so, you know, I, I can tell that you do put your whole heart into everything. It's passion. It's wanting to live up to your own potential, which is, I think those of us that want to live up to our full potential are sometimes hard on ourselves because we can see it, we can, or we can sense it, but we might not know what it looks like. And then when we're in those lower dense emotions, we're like, come on, come on. Like this is not the way it's supposed to be.
1: Yes, absolutely. I mean, there's something to be said for um, it, it, the moment where you start raising your vibration. Like I was in 3D dense. And I needed to use my physical 3d body activated to start bringing myself up. I I didn't realize that until now that we're having this conversation. Yes.
0: Yes. And so, you know, you competed. I know you managed a good life. You've been an independent personal trainer. Tell us about that shift of identity out of the bodybuilding competing world and into your next phase.
1: Ah, yes. So, um, I, I, My first show, that first transformation, it was such an opposite end. I hated it. I didn't like it. I was happy. I became this person who felt uh, the power in, in using exercise to find myself, to find my own strength. And so I wanted to do that for other women. I started working at Good Life. I met someone who was always happy when she competed and that gave me another shift of perspective as where before I had said never doing this again after I met her, I'm like, oh, I will do it again only if I can do it like her. So I raised my vibration and I continued competing. Uh, how was uh, 12, 13 shows? Yes, the, the shift started after the Arnold's. So the Arnold's, uh, I, I, I made it to the finals, top four. I was fourth place. So I came back from Columbus, Ohio here, looked at my reality and said, after the Arnold's, what else is there? Hmm. That, that's it. I reached a nice peak. I was fulfilled with my ride, um, fulfilled with my career. And this is where the shapeshifter uh, archetype comes into place. So I, I said, What else is there? <laughs> the same question came up after I went to the Arnolds, but this was said at a high vibration. What else is there with a sense of childlike wonder? Not like, oh my God, what else is there? No, what else is there? I'm curious. And I found animal flow. And animal flow is a discipline. It looks like if if yoga and break dancing got married and had a baby. Yes. (laughs) Yes. It's a ground-based discipline. Uh, I tried it for the first time at at a CampFit Pro conference. I completely fell in love with it. Uh, not just because of the artistic element. So again, my artist archetype coming back, the artistic self-expression that I was able to embody, but the the mathematical and the science precision it had. So now here I'm able to incorporate the logical part of my mind, the scientific part that that loves sequences and and formulas and, and the artist. So there was an integration with that experience. Um, now from here, I think I'm deviating from your question.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The, the, the shedding of identity from a competitor into, uh, animal flow.
1: Yes. So it was the shedding of the bodybuilder started happening after fulfillment. So it was a great experience for me with much love. Then I stepped into this, um, new identity that it didn't have to do with how the body looked, it had to do with how the body moved, performed and felt. Because you can only do a handstand tuck balance if your body is in full physical alignment, in full strength. But later on, I started missing the bodybuilder (laughs) and I wanted to return to stage to do a, a physique routine. And, and I, I used Animal Flow to prepare my routine. I, I called the president of the association and I said, I know this is unconventional. What are the minimum requirements for me to qualify as a physique routine? He gave me the rules of the game and I said, I'm going for it. So I brought it back to stage one more time, the two together, the two mm-hmm. together. I'm like, people are either going to love it or hate it, but this is something that I feel in my heart I have to do to complete that journey. And uh, again, it was well-loved. It was well-received. I would say that and the year after when I went back to stage and did an opening act was the closing of, of the full closing because the bodybuilder came back, right? Uh, Of me saying, I am complete. I am fully nurtured with that identity. And now I had started to shift into the perspective of, what it meant to show up online. And this is how you and I connected. What it meant like to show up online. What it meant like to have a business. So not just being an entrepreneur uh, in the way of seeing one-on-one clients because I was just duplicating what I knew before. But what would it mean if I was to create something of my own? That was the next question. Yeah, Mm -hmm. a new identity starting to come through. Mm.
0: Do you feel like you can close a chapter or? be happy with, and I will call it an identity or a label that you put on yourself as sometimes restrictive as that can be. Mm. Do you think it helped you marry parts of yourself and create wholeness and, um, stability with certain aspect of yourself, you know, maybe fulfilling the ego's need, and it doesn't need to be fulfilled from the outside perspective Then the discipline also with animal flow.
1: Oh, 100%. See, while I was at good life, the first three years I worked so hard, Uh, And I was just embodying, you know, the bodybuilder, the personal trainer, but I was working so hard because I wanted to return to school to do uh, computer animation and create monsters. And for those first three years, my heart felt like it was breaking apart in two. And then somewhere along the fourth year, I looked at what I was doing with clients I was shaping sculptures through repetition, through time, through nutrition. And just that idea made my heart become integrated. And then I observed the option that I had to go back to school. And I said, that doesn't make sense to me. It's not going to result in a future or a future timeline where I'm going to feel healthy. It's going to return me to my old pattern in the computer where I'm going to be like this, eating junk food or being frustrated because all I'm doing is clicking the computer. Um, so that integration brought fulfillment. Uh, it freed energy, and I changed my perspective. And I realized that I was doing art again, future in the future with with bodybuilding, form of art for me. Uh, animal flow, a form of art for me, and so. Now, the funny thing is, these these personalities, I sense them coming to visit. (laughs) They come from the past. They visit me. Right now, it's a great example. I had the goal of, of getting in a bit more physical shape. I decided it wasn't the performance part that I cared about, but how I looked to go to my animal flow retreat. And so I welcome the bodybuilder archetype. So for the last two months, I've been embodying the bodybuilder archetype, even though I'm going to an animal flow retreat. (laughs) I confess. (laughs) Yes.
0: Yes. In what ways have identities held you back? Like putting yourself into a box?
1: Uh, I don't feel I have ever been held back because that has never been in my radar. If I am a bodybuilder, I am with everything that I am mm-hmm. and so how,
0: how have they how have they served you then
1: they've served me to fully play the game a hundred percent uh so again, whether it's bodybuilding, uh writing a book right Author, the newest the most recent one of a couple of years ago, I go into it it's not that I let it take me over it's I go into it and I behave as if. I am that, but I still have my eye that can step back Mm -hmm. and, and live a normal, a normal me life. That's something I used to do when stepping on stage, by the way, I had uh, an alter ego. And so when I was on stage, I wasn't Alejandra, I was Victoria and Victoria she couldn't be harmed because whatever happened I I mean Alejandra couldn't be harmed because whatever happened on stage Victoria would take it and then at the moment that I stepped off stage I was Alejandra and I had that sort of like dissociated observer double personality persona when I came back and I was the what's it called the zombie I was a different uh, alter ego her name was Valeria yes and I just it's a permission so You know, this, this identities give me permission to play full out and keep the me, that is me, I safe when I step back and I can let them go. I can bring them in, re-embody them again, bury them if I want for a little bit. So that's that's how it's been.
0: Yeah. Learning to be fluid with them. There's an amazing book called, um, the alter ego effect by Todd Herman, uh, talks about just that, you know, athletes do that to step on stage performers, like what you said, do that Beyonce had an alter ego, Sasha, Sasha something um, yeah. so so that she can fully step up. And I think if we can look, I like that. I like the word uh, archetype um, or alter egos as opposed to identity, because I find it, at least my story is I get I've gotten stuck in identity if I focus way too much on the one thing as opposed mm-hmm. to. The comprehensive look at my life and the different side of myself that needs to show up within those different areas. And like what I said, becoming more fluid with, well, who am I in this now moment? What what part of myself needs to show up here?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think the word identity describes a way of being that takes over, like Mm -hmm. it envelops you to the point where you can forget that you can be anything you want, as where the other ones give you more permission to be like, what archetype do you want to be today? and step
0: back. Yeah. Yeah. Now that we're just having this conversation is just coming to me. I kind of look at identity from the ego perspective, like that ego needs to grip onto that identity to create, this is who you are. So you're safe within this box, but then the alter ego or archetype fluidity of how you need to show up creates that flexibility. So any part of yourself can show up at any time and you can be different tomorrow and you can be different the next day.
1: Uh, yeah, and we the society feeds the need to establish an identity. Even in, I, I mean, as an entrepreneur, what are who are you? What do you do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you have to define it in yeah. boxes
0: so many times that you end up believing that that's the only thing you can do. At some yeah. Time, right? yeah, it's like it's like a hundred <laughs> characters to go in your insta Instagram bio. Who are you? <laughs> can, can I put them all because I do different things all the time? <laughs> um, but the
1: thing is, people. Um, I've learned not to do that. Uh, Most people are overwhelmed. They're confused. So if I am showing up in a confusing identity, they don't feel safe. that They're going to be well taken care of by me. I mean, I'm still navigating that, how how to use that, that observation. But yeah, that's what I've seen.
0: Uh, the way I see you now and you know our evolution growing over the past couple of years and this like awesome momentum you're in is that it's it's like an entirely different chapter that you're in now there's I've seen you close out we'll say quote unquote Alejandra the personal trainer identity um able to step into that archetype for sure in the way that you want to you've written a book energy in motion which is fantastic I spent a whole Saturday couldn't put it down remember? <laughs> yes there it is if you're watching the youtube you'll be able to see it um talk to us about this shift you know becoming an author shifting your services you're an nlp you know master practitioner as well and um tell us about this evolution you're in right now
1: Oh, the, the master practitioner nlp that was another identity that's when i had left good life and i i said out there to my high self, to, to the universe, to myself, I want a guide. I'm in a really good place. I am leaving because I am complete. I no longer want to do this alone. And so I voiced that out. I met uh, this woman, Susan Longstreet, and she she said, I, "I, you can hire me as your guide, or you can take the NLP Master Practitioner. You are a guide yourself. I would love for you to have the tool so that not only you experience them as a client, but you're going to be able to use them with your clients. I'm like, that, that's so amazing. How insightful, how foresightful of her. I said, yes. However, I took my two NLP courses um, for myself. I don't think at that moment I wanted to work with anybody else. It was for me, for myself. And then it wasn't until two years ago that I opened myself all up to working with others I had to believe that I could do it. <laughs> I had to believe that I could step into that um, new archetype. It's it's a new world. I, this is where I started unfolding 4D mm-hmm. uh, hypnosis, uh, programming of reality by the way of thinking and speaking it's completely. It, it, it is, I had been doing that as a personal trainer. So it helped me integrate more of, of the gifts that I was already doing. And it was, I was hesitant. I have to admit, I was very hesitant. Uh, Somewhere along that time, too, I remember, and I founded, some five years prior, I had written in my journal. I've kept journals all my life, but I had written, I really, I want to write a book. I feel that's something, I'm here, and if I die without doing it, I'm going to regret it on my deathbed." By the way, if you hear me mention death, I use it um, as a measure to live powerfully. I always ask myself, well, if tomorrow is the last day, would I have regretted not doing this? (laughs) And and that makes it easy for me to make some choices. So I often use that question to myself. And uh, after I left good life too, I said, it's now, it's now. I'm no longer in that restrictive box structure, depleted of energy. How am I going to make it happen? How am I going to make it happen? I started really focusing on the intention. I want to write a book. I was frustrated because, again, I didn't know anybody close to me that had done it that I could speak to. There were no guides around. And I ended up performing for a friend at a, an event she put together uh, locally here in, Bur- here in Burlington. And I performed with Animal Flow and I painted life to music, to a musician doing music life. And this event, I cannot recall what it's called now, but it had various speakers. And one of them was my publisher, Raymond Aaron. And he was presenting his program. And his program is called 10-10-10. The 10 guarantees and the rest has to do with, with the process, the other 10s. But when he was listing the 10 guarantees, I remember that page I had written five years ago in my journal. And there was a checklist going on in my head. Yes. Yes, I wrote that. All right. Yes. Oh my goodness. How, how can this be manifesting word to word what I had put in my journal? I jumped, I signed up. I signed up right away. I'm like, I would be I would be an idiot if I don't see that the universe is giving me what I had written in my journal. Right now is the moment. Right now is the alignment. Um, however it happened, it doesn't matter. Yes, sign me up.
0: Oh, <laughs> no what I thing. find so so magical about that is You're blending two passions, three passions. You got music, you got art, you got animal flow, performance. And this guy happens to be there with exactly what you were wanting to manifest five years ago, but didn't know how.
1: Yes. And little intuitions are not just like I decided to stay all day to listen to the speakers. I could have chosen to leave right after the performance. In fact, I think that I was gearing towards that until the day of something changed and I decided to stay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yes. As we wrap up this episode, what would be some helpful advice or some words you'd like to offer a woman? Maybe she's in an area of breaking out of an old identity. She sees a next level for herself. She might be kind of stewing in the I don't know what it is yet. Uh, what's some helpful advice that you would like to offer her?
1: To look, um, if if you're in this situation here, listening to us, look at your Past in in light of the big picture, observe the different personalities, uh, archetypes, or identities that you've embodied. Observe how they serve a specific purpose for a specific period of time, or for a lengthy period of time. And they are like warriors that have your back. You needed, you needed to be that person in that moment, and then you were freed to be someone else. And if you haven't been freed yet, just Uh, embrace that there is that warrior with you that that compassionate person whatever identity you're in know that it's there for a reason and what you might think are your biggest weaknesses in fact it's what it's preparing you for your next identity where those are going to be your biggest strengths you're going to be able to offer someone else So be gentle to yourself, be kind, look at it in light of the big picture and know that you have the ability, the capacity. And in fact, I think we're wired to upgrade, upgrade and upgrade and change and be organic and chaotic until we figure out what we are and what we want.
0: Yes. Yes. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much, Alex. We are going to come back with her part four talking about vibration, talking about consciousness, 3D, 4D, 5D maybe the emotional cocktail that we are in a lot of the times um, and helping people realize how they are creating their life and and the state that they're creating it from. So we'll see you on the next episode.
1: Excited to see you back. Thank you, Sarah.
0: Thank you for joining me on this episode today. My website, simplysarah.com is a great place for me to continue to support you on your journey to alignment, joy, and fulfillment. There you will find upcoming retreats that I am hosting, resources, books, and many other helpful tools to help you on your travels through this thing called life.